Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. Hey guys, welcome back to Storytime Podcast. I am your host, Haley Lira, and I've got another one for you. The victim in this story's name was Jacob Langsworthy. He was only 18 when he died January 5th of 2005, shot to death execution style in his home. This crime actually took place in Williston, Florida. And as of 2010, the population was only 2,768. So this was a relatively small. Jake was very likable. His grandma called him a big cut up. Very approachable, got along easily with people. And when I look at pictures of him, he looked like very fun, um, very stylish, and just fit in right with the early 2000s. January 5th, 2005, Jake had actually been really sick. He'd had a headache and been throwing up all that day. So he called his grandma around 2 p.m. and asked her for some food. His grandma's name is Phyllis, by the way, which is the perfect name for a grandma. She participated in an episode of Shattered about her grandson, and she said that on the day he died, she was asked to bring him wings, macaroni and cheese, and a sweet tea. He must have been slowly feeling better. Uh, that's totally something an 18-year-old would want to eat after being sick and throwing up all day. So everything seemed fine when she spoke to Jake, but when she got to his house, something really strange happened. A boy had come running out of Jake's house, but then quickly ran back in. And that was really strange, especially when he immediately ran back out with two more boys. Then a young man runs out and just stares at Phyllis in her car before he runs off again. She is understandably like, what the hell is going on? And then she hears a gun. She hightails it into her grandson's house and a man is standing there, a young man, by the way, all of these people are relatively young and he has a gun in his hand. It must've been the gun that she just heard. And she just looks at him. And then she looks at Jake, who's on the ground, face down, bleeding. And she asks him, what have you done? And this man then runs out the door. I am so surprised young man number four did not shoot grandma too. So grandma immediately calls an ambulance and she tells them she doesn't know if her grandson is dead or if he's alive, but that he really needs help. Help comes and Jacob goes by ambulance to the hospital. Police go to the hospital where they're all met by Wendy, Jake's mom, and Phyllis, the grandma. Jake was alive, but he was unconscious and he needed immediate surgery. The mom and grandma were understandably a hot mess, but they did speak to the police. In the meantime, the police canvassed the neighborhood and the neighbors identified a really strange car being in the area. It stood out because it was a unique car. I think it was a little bit older. I want to say it was kind of like a boxy styled, that kind of boxy build. And it had um, spare parts. You could tell that like it had a different color body part. I don't know if it was the hood. I can't remember if it was the hood or like the front fender, but there was a different paint color as if it got apart from like a salvage yard or something to complete the car. So it was really hard to mistake this car for another car just like it. Um, now, police take this information about the car that they saw 
then they began just like hitting the pavement looking for anyone who could tell them where this car was who this car belonged to if they'd ever seen it and eventually they do identify the car's owner to be a high school student named Michael Hill Michael was described to be fairly quiet, humble, pleasant, just like a really good kid. His mom was so shocked when she got a phone call that Michael's car had been involved in a shooting that day. Like the call came from a relative, not the police, which is way worse to me. Oh my gosh. But his mom like genuinely didn't believe it. Um, He'd never been in trouble and she just anxiously waited for Michael to get home just waited and waited. And when he got home, she immediately started telling him like, hey, you know, where were you? I heard your car was seen at the scene of a shooting today, blah, blah, blah. And Michael told his mom that this was not true. He'd been at school all day. And as much as she wanted to believe him, she actually says in the Shattered episode, like everything was different. He was different. It's like as a mom, she just knew. Now, Jacob did not survive the surgery, unfortunately. He was completely brain dead, and his family had to let him go, making this murder. So news spread really fast about the murder of Jacob. Police came to Michael's home, and his mother allowed them in, and the police questioned Michael. Michael immediately admitted, yeah, that was my car, and he has no idea what happened, Um, He wasn't there. He adamantly denies involvement and just straight up says, was it me? Didn't do it. I was at school. I don't know. But yeah, I do drive that car. Okay. In the show, they did an episode about this murder in Shattered. I've mentioned it a couple times. Michael's mom had like this really touching moment that she talks about that I do want to mention. That night after police left, her son came and sat on the end of her bed and asked if everything was going to be okay. And she just straight up told him, I don't know. And he just lay down and wept silently. And that's got to be just like a really raw moment for them. And it's kind of bittersweet. But the next morning, police get a call from the high school and there is a witness to the murder of Jacob. They get to the school And damn, (laughs) if the guy that they're going to talk to is not Michael. Okay, so Michael admits to the police that he was, in fact, lying. Dun, dun, dun. Um, He had been at Jacob's that day. Him, Courtney Grant, who was 17, TJ Lee, who was 18, and Ken Gross, who were 19. All these teenage boys were like the high school all-star players, by the way, jocks of the town. So officers get all four boys and they separate them and they, they take him into the police station for questioning and all say the same thing, that they were forced to go to Jake's by this 17 year old boy named Bernie Serrano. Now, if I got this right, police kind of knew a little bit about Bernie. Um, he was a newer kid in town and he did not come from a very good family. Um, not like the four other boys. And the boys said that they went to McDonald's and that's where they ran into Bernie. And Bernie asked him if he could just have a ride to the corner store. And the boys are like, yeah, no problem. But once Bernie gets into the car, he pulls out a gun and he makes these boys drive him somewhere else. He forced them to drive him to Jake's house at gunpoint. Okay, so police, they got to go get Bernie. They get Bernie. And they said in a different way that Bernie was basically a cocky little prick. All right. 
Bernie told the police, like, yeah, I did go to Jake's. I had bought some weed from him. And so I just wanted to go back to his house January 5th to rob him for his drugs and money. Like, okay. All right, Bernie. You're a fucking asshole. So he did immediately admit that, yep, things went wrong and I shot Jacob. Those boys ran and I was the one who killed him. According to Bernie, though, and this is the switch up, is those four boys knew that they were going to go to Jacob's that day with Bernie. Like the intention was for all five of them to go together from the beginning and rob Jacob. So this took a turn because the police really, I think, at first believed that the boys were just at the wrong place at the wrong time. And this really bad kid got in the car and he forced these four all-stars to to go to Jacob's and they had no idea. But, you know, the boys weren't doing that. Okay. They willingly went to rob Jacob. And so officers take this a step further and they have all of the boys do a recorded walkthrough of the crime, but separately. And all the boys told the same story. Bernie knocks. Jake lets them all in. Bernie pulls a gun on Jacob. Jacob gets down on the ground. The four boys that were there with Bernie grab something from the house. Then all of a sudden they see headlights and run. And then boom, Bernie shoots Jacob. So they originally went with the attention just to steal drugs and money, but they didn't leave with either. They actually ended up just um, grabbing things like CDs, a phone, a gaming console, just bullshit teenager stuff. Well, police have now figured out what really happened to Jacob Langsworthy, and they decide it is time to move forward with charges. So all the four parents are called into a meeting with the police. I believe this was actually at the school somewhere. I'm not sure. So all four parents are called into a meeting with the police and their sons. And this is how police disclose to them all together the real involvement that their boys had. And they then inform everyone that they will be filing charges for murder in the first degree and home invasion to all four boys. The boys were then immediately cuffed and taken to jail. Like how traumatic... (laughs) of a situation is this if you really think about it like calling all the parents and children into a meeting and then filling them in on what's going to happen and immediately doing an arrest right then so yes all four boys got arrested and charged as adults of course Bernie was immediately arrested when he came in for questioning because he admitted right then what happened and that he shot Jacob so those four boys though um They had gotten a 10-year plea deal, actually, for home invasion and manslaughter. Bernie, however, who was 17 at the time, he was charged with first-degree murder and home invasion and sentenced to life in prison. Now, Bernie's stepfather actually testified against him and said he did, in fact, have a missing twenty-two caliber handgun around the time of the murder. The only thing about this crime that really bothers me is I wish I knew... If those four boys knew that Bernie had a gun and was taking a gun, because when you know about something like that and the intent, I, I just, sometimes I'm like, oh, 10 years. Uh, I don't know. They were all so young though. So if you guys have any opinions about this case you want to share with me, please feel free to email me at storytimepods at gmail.com or reach out to my Facebook page, Storytime Slayer. I'm curious how long you think 
the boys should have gone to prison for or if 10-year plea deal was fair to you. In 2014, all the boys got to go home, everyone but Bernie, of course. And I really hated this story, but I wanted to do it because things like this happen every day. Teenagers go too far every day. So please, stay the heck away from teenagers. Stay safe out there. Um, No, but seriously, Theophilus Lee was one of the boys. He actually went back to prison and was sentenced to life in 2016 for another armed robbery. Courtney Grant was arrested again for charges of use of a computer to solicit or lure a child to engage in sexual conduct. That happened in 2015, and I believe he was supposed to have gotten out sometime last year. As far as I can tell, Michael and Kenny were released and never went back to prison. All right, guys, I will talk to you next time. Have a great week. Bye.